0: Today's podcast is brought to you by Camper Kings. When you have the freedom to choose, where will you go? Hiring a campervan from Camper Kings means you've just bought a ticket to adventure. Camper Kings offer a stunning range of quirky campervans and luxury motorhomes with modern and stylish features, providing you with a safe staycation escape. Adventure awaits at camperkings.co.uk and you can follow them on Instagram at camperkings underscore UK. For Across the Park listeners only, there's a free bottle of champagne and free insurance when you quote Across the Park.
1: Welcome to Across the Park podcast, a football podcast on both Everton and Liverpool Football Club, hosted and produced by a group of friends from both sides of the park. We pride ourselves in bringing you the very best conversation from the ongoing matters that both clubs provide banter and debate. We also release regular specials with guests connected to both clubs, providing insights and interviews never heard before. The back catalogue of these shows is available on our website, acrosstheparkpodcast.co.uk. Don't forget to hit subscribe to Across the Park Podcast on your favourite listening app, and please give us a follow on our social media. Head over to Instagram or Twitter and search at AcrosstheparkPC or Facebook, search Across the Park. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to episode 37 of Across the Park Podcast, the last episodes of season 2021. I'm Ian Mills alongside Gary Judge for the Blues, Terry McGivin and Gary Murray of the Reds. Uh, big show ahead, we've got this week in history, which the Reds found well, quite laughable about what the Blues is going to be. I thought it was a good one, Judgey, but we'll get into that. Uh, who am I? You brought forward as Judgey, I think as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, we've got a who am I. We've got no um, higher or lower this week because we've uh, we felt... We were going to run out of material <laughs> sooner rather than later, so we've got <coughs> quite a bit to cover today, so we're just going to go with uh, who am I Who am I for today.
1: Who am I this week in history, and we've got, unfortunately for the Evertonians, and fortunately for the Reds, we've got some games to review, which has ended the 2021 season for both clubs. Terry, let's start with the Reds. So, Burnley last week, Crystal Palace at home, it was in your hands if you won those two games, No problem champions league football
2: third in the league what was everyone worrying about lads yeah well listen i mean i think you know when when we seen seeing them fixtures well when we knew what our running was we i think we always said it looks like a favorable running but you know the way that we were approaching them sort of the last 10 games i think everyone you know after that horrific run that we had i think did we lose six at home since january or whatever i think you know we couldn't take any of them games for granted um and then obviously we've, you know, one thing which I think we've been guilty of saying this Liverpool team's lack this season has been, you know, courage and, and you know, that mentality monsters thing that the odds seem to shake them after the new year. You know, fair credit where it's due. They found that when it matters at the, the back end of the season. And to put a run of form together of eight games and two draws in the last 10 to just rock it up that league and, and end up finishing third in, you know, in a season where we looked like we might end up finishing sixth or seventh. You know them two games, Burnley. That was a tough one, and you know always a tough game against them. And then Palace at home, it's one of them. You know where it it, <coughs> it could have been a you know a, a tricky one. Um, to be with fair, so even, much riding
3: on it. Yeah, even looking at the 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 little running that we had, it was the Burnley one was the one that sort of I, I was a bit more worried about more than like the United game. I fancied us against United. But the, the Burnley ones—it's just always one of them. Where you, with our, with like I know Nat Phillips has been great, and, and we will get into it a, a bit later on. But with Nat Phillips and Reece Williams playing, you know what Chris Woods like, you know what Burnley are like with with the way they play they get balls into the box, they lump it up to him, and you know the the are good at doing it. I, I was, that's what I was worried about it, it, with that game, and the the way we we dismantled them and, and came out of it with the three 0 was just was brilliant for me.
2: Yeah, absolutely. You know, it, it they are always a tough proposition, and. I think we were fortunate. actually Barnes missed the game, didn't he? Because yeah. uh, it was a uh, being done for some driving offence or something, hadn't he? Um, but you know that that probably helped a little bit because you know there are certainly an handful up top. You know when they've got them too, you can put it about. And with the young lads in in, in, in Reece Williams, and when you've got you know Nat Phillips, he can match it and, and mix it up with them and all that. But you don't want to be in them sort of battles where you're playing their game. You know what I mean? So I think that did really help us. But to see us basically, you know. Go to Burnley and, and as as Gary said, just dispatch them, um, and then open up that possibility. The last game of the season, and and to have you know the courage and and the and the, as, I say, as I say, the mental strength to, to basically face that game and and do what we needed to do, you know. And and I think you know, Palace started that game reasonably brightly, um, but you know the Lip- the Pearl just sort of got a grip of it and got hold of it, and then once we once we f- it felt like we were going to win that game from that your point. in your throat when times and went through. <laughs> yeah, well, you know there was there was some moments there. It was almost like
0: Gerard's S that when it was like a bit of a mix up in the middle of the pitch and he just ran through. Broke it seemed through, like yeah. he had all, all the time day. in the world. Yeah,
2: I thought Allison's done well on that, to be honest. He sort of made him. He, he got his angles right, and you know because
0: have <laughs> flew out, couldn't he? By yeah, standing yeah. there, he, he was waiting until the last moment. Exactly. It.
2: Yeah. So you know when I think that's that's something you know that that we have to, to 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 sort of mention. It hasn't been Allison's best season for Liverpool, but him as much as anyone. <laughs> In, in these last couple of games, has obviously you know been done his part to get us in, into the mixer for that championship done done more on his part, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so no, I mean two two tough games on, on on paper, but you know the way that we've done it and and, and dispatched them was was very pleasing and now to get in that Champions League for what that could mean you know for for the for the transfer window for the coming seasons you know we've got a couple of players who look like they're going to be on the way out and stuff it was vitally important and we 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 said that we got in that Champions League to remain attractive and that we got in it financially on the back of a you know a tough season with COVID and and and, you know hampering and you know the the, the sort of revenue side of the club so you know it's brilliant that we're, we're back in it and I wouldn't say it's you know it's a brilliant achievement when you've come off the back of winning the Champions League and winning the league and and, and stuff just getting in in the top 4 f- feels a little bit like her. but given where we were as I said before and, and and you know the state we were in and the fact yeah, that we've if had if no, think about it, no defense
3: at the start of the season it's a massive anti-climax for us yeah. but how the season's panned out and, and what we've had to deal with it's it's a big achievement for us so yeah it's 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 a bit it's a bit underwhelming but at the same time it was it was a great. It was great for us to to make sure we we done the business, as you say, and, and get there. The fact that we finished third as well after so long of, of you know being so far out of it and being so far behind your, your Chelsea's and Leicester's and Man News. we only finished what was it six points behind United, five points behind United, something, something like, like that, that. Yeah. Which it's just bizarre when and when you look at the points we dropped the, the the Newcastle one where we got away with one and then conceded Leeds. again.
2: Leeds. But so, that's it. I mean, and, and you know, it, it's horrible when you look at it, though, because you know we were top. I've said that a few times. We were top on New Year's Day. And looked like we were cruising, um, and then we had that just disgusting run until about March, where we were just horrific, probably relegation form. But then the last ten games, we it's been league winning form again. Yeah. You know, eight wins and two draws. So absent that little six game loss, like them six games back to back losses at home we're not having this conversation we're having yeah. a conversation where we, you know, we're going into the finals easily challenging yeah, so either
3: just missed out or we're, we're still in with a chance
2: so it is a good achievement in its own right because obviously we know we've been hampered with injuries and we know we've had serious problems at the back um, you know literally had a, at one point no, def- no central defenders available and we played our, practically the heart of our midfield in, in there for a the number of games and stuff so it is an achievement to finish third and get in that Champions League, and and you know as Gary said, to to be relatively close on the heels of second, but you know it, it is it, it's important. But you know let's let's <coughs> let's not over You know we, we need to we need to do se- some serious you know work. I think in the transfer window now ahead of next year and make sure that you know it, that was just a an aberration this season um, and and not something that's a. You know, going to become the norm. Um, so, but no, really important wins, really important. You know, to, to, to yeah, get a well, match just on just to
3: sort of echo what we what we've said a bit there. We, we did get a message of Chris Nello on the website. He said, "Glad the season's over. Not enjoyed it at all. Enjoyed winning at Old Trafford, even winning at Old Trafford was followed by nerves looking at the next fixtures. Credit to Klopp and the players for qualifying for the Champions League on the back of a wretched injury list. But it's more relief than celebration for me."
2: yeah i think i think i agree with that sentiment to be honest i don't think there's much wrong on that um you know uh, as we've just said there it's credit where it's due for us to get there um but you know i am glad it's over not just because uh, you know it looked for so long like we were going to have a stinker and 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 finish outside the top four i'll be honest i haven't enjoyed you know covid season football with no fans watching on the telly the saturation of it just constant football it's it's been quite draining i think to be honest um so I'm glad to see the back of that season. You it was know, different
1: for you yesterday, Terry, watching fields with, with crowds and a singing and stuff. Yeah, i know so, you didn't get a ticket. To do so it was different for you to watch it.
2: Yeah, absolutely. It was very different. You know, it's 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 obviously much better when the crowds there. You can see the players reacting to it. You know, and and you know that black crowd noise is not the same no. as as hearing fans. You know, singing like yeah. You know, I heard fans there like, singing for the first time, singing Tiago, you know, the, a song for Tiago. It's the first time he's heard that at, at, at Liverpool, probably. Do you know what I mean? So it's like he'll start to be like, oh, I li-, you know, I like that. And he's only had that with 10,000 there. Wait till it's like nearly 50,000 singing it to him. Do you know what I mean? And I think it, having the fans there, it's just a completely different proposition. And, a, you know, Regardless of the problems we had in the defence, I think it would have been a different. We wouldn't have lost six on the bounce at home if if we had have had the fans there. Um, so having them back for yes yesterday just a, a little taster of you know getting back to normal was was absolutely boss. And you know I'm made up for the the ones who got tickets to manage to go. My dad got one. He was made up being back on the grounds and obviously with the pubs being open, it just feels like we're, you know a little bit of a return back to normality. Was in um, any part party that was
3: fearing? Um, the fact that it was Roy Hodgson's last ever game in management, <laughs> the only place he'd ever managed that that he weren't really respected and liked, he was he could have come back and done the dirty on us
2: and, and ended our hopes. Nah, I didn't think so. know I, I, I thought we, we we were always gonna be good enough to be Palace. To be honest, it was interesting though, isn't it? On the last day, that like I think I might have got mentioned that in 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 the commentary actually where. You know, three li- ex- well, the current Liverpool manager and two ex Liverpool managers are all having a say in, in the last day. You know, with Rodgers at, at Leicester yeah. and obviously O'Donnel playing us with Palace at, at Anfield. So, mad how football works, and you get them little subplots and stuff, isn't it? So seems to like have little mad coincidences. But it's mad how it worked out that it didn't even matter how we finished in the end because yeah. the two both lost. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, yeah, it's it's crazy, and it? I think phew, Leicester. You know. To miss out again, you know, like just sort of the you know, uh, they've spent they're the most days of the season in, the, in the top four as well. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> just sort of <laughs> bottled it two seasons running, haven't they? When when, when they've been in, in good positions, but you know, they've still had a great season, you know, so it, you can't take that away from them. they won a cup, and, and obviously, they're a good side in that, but you know, their fans will be desperately disappointed that they finished outside the top four there. but those Reds were absolutely made up. well yeah as, as you said it's
3: the end of a, a miserable dire season for us and not only the season it's the end of Wijnaldum's time at Liverpool yep. we, we got a message through off Alan Carter he said is Genie Wijnaldum a Liverpool
2: legend sad to see him leave yeah I think he is you know certainly a modern day um, legends and
0: how many games did he play in the end I'm completely putting you on the spot there well I reckon
2: uh, it must be must, must be, be upwards 300. of 300 probably not far off yeah Does he
3: have five seasons
0: um, Google, I don't know, I think
2: four speak, seasons, I think, isn't it? So, ugh, it's a I four think or
3: five. One of one of first island, wasn't
2: it? Yeah. So it, you know, and when when we bought him, it seemed like we'd spent a lot of money for who was a, you know an alright player, but like someone at Newcastle who was a bit of a didn't really seem like a fit for us, you know, like a, a sort of winger, attack and mid. Who, who I say, he didn't he didn't play
1: where he where we signed him from? No, did no. It? He yeah. stayed at you longer than any other club, so he's on three years of final. 111 appearances uh, 4 years at PSV 109 1 year at Newcastle 38 and then 5 years at Liverpool 178 games with 16 goals
2: 178 I'm surprised that seems yeah, low that to me for 5 years is that just league years. games?
1: No, it doesn't say it just says it's, it's on Wikipedia that, it seems, says that seems
2: low but but no, I think he is. You know, he's been the beating heart of him and Henderson of of Klopp's midfield for a long time now. And you know, them times where you know Henderson used to play as the holder and Wijnaldum was in front, and then he played as a double pivot, and then we we've had times where Wijnaldum was the holder on his own, and such versatility. You know, in, in a player, and everything he sort of done once he once he found his feet. Because I used to think he was terrible away from home, but he was great at home for us for the first season or so. But once he found his feet, you know, I think he, he's shown he's a, he's a top draw player. You know, we. It, it's hard, It's easy to throw around the term legend, isn't it? But I think you know, for someone who's who's, who's been there for so long, yeah. For, for the fact that he was one of the
3: the main three who played week in week out for most games in the seasons that we got to the Champions League final, right? we lost the one against Madrid, then we followed it up by winning it, winning it again, and then we followed that up by winning the Premier League, and he was like a mainstay in the team. I think I think if anyone who says he isn't a legend, I, I don't know. I don't know what you need to do to be, to become one.
2: Yeah, I mean, I am I am disappointed to see him go. We you know we lose his versatility, we lose his professionalism. He was like the the fourth choice captain or whatever, wasn't he? he? Was just fitness. Yeah, he's very very early in, injured, in a, So robust. Again,
3: the season this season where we've had so many injuries and a lot of our field's been injured as well. He's he been hasn't. another one who's been a mainstay. He's, he's played. He, he's filled. He's been one who you can rely on every week to to play and. You know if we're losing that, and you know, we've already seen Thiago's had a couple of injuries, Henderson's do, does have a few injuries throughout the season.
0: Yeah, a few and far between them players, aren't you? know? yeah, yeah, absolutely. Is he, is he definitely, definitely leaving? Yeah, he, yeah he's leaving. came out Gabriel and said he's Garden, going gone.
3: never a pitch you? after the game, and that's so <coughs> if he's not, that mad.
2: His comments were interesting, though, weren't they? Because he basically came out and said, you know, he loves the club and the fans and all that, and how he'd beam with them, and the city took him to heart, and all that sort of stuff, but. He then said, "You know, I don't want to sort of talk about it now, but my story will come out in time. You know what's gone on behind the scenes and and why. So it feels like, you know, maybe there's a little bit of bitterness there. Something's happened. You know where." the rumors are to believe. He basically, he wanted a longer contract, you know, big money, um, for his position of his career, and Liverpool didn't want to give him as longer contract on such big money. And and whether it's just a money standoff, I don't if know. It's as
0: simple as that. You wouldn't think he'd have that type of comment, would you? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Maybe a little bit more on it, but yeah,
2: Sutton's obviously obviously gone on. like
0: I've got a feeling, and again, it's just pure speculation that at some point Liverpool has tried to trade him for someone, and he's kind of maybe. Just took a long Alonsor like into
2: that, yeah, possibly. Yeah, it seemed to me that was the the um, the answer. But you know, uh, but it being a great player for us, and you know, I will I will be sorry to see him, and he will be very difficult to replace. You know, someone with his versatility and, as you say, his robustness and 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 the quality. You know, he's consistently good, isn't he? He's, he's generally a, a seven out of ten every game, and, and yeah, there's plenty of games you will get an eight, more. yeah. You know, and sometimes a nine, and. And he's been there, as you say, on some of the big moments in, in in our recent times, and certainly, you know, the Barcelona comeback and stuff. He was a, 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 an integral part of it, wasn't he? So, you know, we'll go away, go with away fond wishes from everyone. I think certainly up from the Liverpool, side, Liverpool fan side, anyway. And you know, I'm sure you'll get a great reception if he ever comes back. All nice right. Player. Over
1: the next few weeks, we're going to do a proper season review. So the Reds have skimmed over, you know, qualifying for the Champions League. I'm sure they're going to talk much more in depth about what that means going into the summer. Terry mentioned crowds back in the game he enjoyed seeing the atmosphere at anfield yesterday i was really lucky last wednesday to have a ticket for everton versus wolves and i've done a little recording at the game myself as well okay just setting off for the game tonight feeling very lucky to be one of the six and a half thousand who were in goodison park tonight i hope at the end of this clip i'm not saying i was one of the unlucky ones it's been over a year since i was in goodison park so i'm looking forward to it um Wednesday got a little bit of faith that uh, Everton might actually rope me back in tonight but, but who knows it's, I'm more concerned about going the ground and just getting in there old lady before we move on to Bramley Moor. This clip will be documenting what it's like around the ground and inside with the Covid-19 protocols. Just setting off now. Come on you blues. Okay, just about 90 minutes before kickoff I've, I've dived into the Winslow. Again, it's been over a year since I've been in here for a for a pre-match Guinness. Uh, Dave, friend of the show, has let, let us in, so I've got a little table here and just out to enjoy a nice cold Guinness. Uh, County roads was really busy. All the pubs, Evertonians everywhere, uh, walking towards the ground was just like going back in time. Really, really strange to see resources and cauldrons and just just lots of fans waiting for the coaches and programme sellers the atmosphere around the ground is, is, is building despite us being absolutely terrible the past few weeks it's a good mood around the ground i'm looking forward to to getting in there the Winslow itself and the pubs around the ground look to have COVID-19 measures in place table service only in the Winslow and um, so it's not the usual Winslow anyone who's been there knows it's usually songs before the ground before the, getting in the ground and really busy it's just table service a little bit different but you can feel the atmosphere building towards everton versus wolves i'm hoping to get in the grounds in a little bit and i'll let you all know what the COVID 19 measures are like in there then right okay now inside the grounds um very very smooth entrance to some park the uh, queue for the park ends, the family enclosure on Goodison Road um, checking tickets, checking IDs making sure the health declaration forms were all done took me around 10 minutes to get in uh, from queuing from the Goodison Road side into the park end my seat is right by the way fans I weren't allowed that far into the park car park I had to come in by the family enclosure side but oh, it feels really good to be back I'm just about to walk up the steps and see Goodison Park for the first time in around 15 months and it looks absolutely glorious. Very, very lucky to get my own season ticket seat as well for tonight's game. Um, the old lady, we don't appreciate it enough and despite Everton being absolutely garbage this season, it's absolutely brilliant to be back. The club and the, the pubs and stuff around the ground has done absolutely brilliant. Everything looks very, very safe, very COVID-19 secure. Come on, you blues, it feels so good to be back, always a privilege to be at Goodison Park Okay, just came down to to the concourse the Everton team came out to warm up massive cheers, Everton songs from all sides of the ground I I actually feel, in a weird way a little bit emotional, you you just don't know what you've got until it's taken away from you and and I think the Reds on the podcast tonight as well will agree these football clubs mean a whale to us And, and Everton Football Club just to be back in Goodison Park tonight It's absolutely amazing. Uh, Let's just hope that... You know, without getting political... The world opens up... And and we can get back to a little bit of normality next year... Because it feels absolutely great. I've had to come downstairs from my seat... Just into the concourse... Just to have a bottle of water. They're not serving food or drink here. You get complimentary water on the way. There's hand sanitizers all over the concourse. Very, very safe. But it feels amazing um, to be back. I'm, I'm pretty sure that next season... And we'll have more crowds in and everyone will, will feel <laughs> a little bit the way I'm feeling I know Judgy went to a game at Christmas and, and he was a little bit the same it, it just feels absolutely brilliant so I just wanted to get across my, my feelings of being being back in this amazing amazing stadium it's, it's, it's overwhelming so the usual songs are on the usual songs are on the ground is i think it's pretty much as full as it's gonna get anyone wondering what it looks like top balcony and main stands are open up at lower gladys open the entire bullens is open um, and the family enclosure is part open as you can hear and if you know this three is blasting on the, on the tannoy the, the players in the tunnel I'll, I'll try and hold on this clip for some sort of sony Bellu sirens but the atmosphere is there, even though there's six and a half thousand in there, you know, and have some bad results. Everyone seems up for it. The big screen showing some fans in the Gladys Street singing and stuff. And you know, it's like, like I said on the previous clip, it's, it's good at some Park. We haven't got this for long, and I feel really blessed to be in here tonight. I'll probably be cursing the team on the instant match reaction and Pricey and Judgy tonight. So I'll be breaking the game down. But it just feels great to be to be back in the ground and sitting here and. Watching Seamus was Coleman in the tunnel, you know, waiting to to lead Everton out, and it, it feels great. Like I said, I'm trying to hold on here for some sort of fans and Z Cars roar. Right. I, I might not get there. I'm gonna to have to wobble on a bit too much. But to give you a deal, like I said the whole Bullings is open, the park ends open, upper lower Gladys open, top balcony, main stands, and very very little to the family enclosure. Don't think we'll get more fans in tonight. It looks as full as it's gonna get. Um, it's a lot of those banners that the. The club try to do as you can hear the sirens are on it feels absolutely brilliant to be back at budderson park come on Evan. just left the grounds um anyone who's a nerd like me would be interested in the, the, the protocols in place Um, it was really good singing was allowed and um, people in bubbles could sit by each other anyone not in bubbles or in the same sort of ticket group that was spread out it was a really good atmosphere from inside the grounds I, I don't know how that transpired or came across on, on TV or, or radio but it, it was good, there was times that the, the crowd got restless but you know that's another story, that's that's for the podcast on Monday um, the stewards were ensuring that people were wearing masks inside it looked a little bit frustrating at times for both the stewards and people who you know, it's outdoors and I don't think people are used to Wearing masks outdoors, but it is what it is. Absolutely great to, to leave Goodison Park into a full Goodison Road and just seeing people diving in the chippies, diving in the Winslow. You had families getting you know chippies and sweets from the shop and going home and stuff, and it was just normality. It's what I've grew up on. I'm sure a lot of Evertonians listening to this have grown up on it as well, or grew up on it. Sorry for my um terrible English. I'm not actually pricey or judgy am I, but just wanted to f- finish the clip really by by you know saying it was really really great as you can tell by my um, tone to get back in Goodison. and it was it was overwhelming when you walked up the steps it was great to just see the little things just like the Winslow and and, and the, the Chippies and and just speaking to to people about football singing songs and, and watching Everton and, and getting getting frustrated by Everton getting frustrated by Everton in the ground is very different to watching. On TV, anyway, um, that's me signing off from from Goodison Park, very COVID secure. I, it was it was it was great to get back in there, and fingers crossed that we're all back in there next season. Judgy, you went in December, didn't you? I think it was the Arsenal game. The first game back, Chelsea. Chelsea. Sorry, uh, yeah. I went to to Wolves. I said on that recording there, I got a bit emotional. Yeah. I actually went in there and when, when I seen the seat. It's like as much as they wind us up, and as much as we're gonna slate them on this mm. show. It's Everton Football Club, and and to get back in the ground, me was really emotional. Was it the same for you?
0: Yes and no, not quite. I mean, the the wait was longer for you, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, it was kind of whatever six months, but then you had the summer in between as well. So mm. it wasn't quite as bad for me, but yeah, I, I was apprehensive about going the game when I went um, against Chelsea, and I'm not going to talk too much about it, but I remember sitting down and that, before the kick off, but like you was you were describing in them clips then. Mm. You know, you, you, you get all the music on and stuff, and mm. the sounds come on Z cars and all that. And, and I couldn't believe the noise that, that that few amounts of fans can generate. Yeah. Um, and it must have been even better for you because they'd, well, I don't know, actually, they spread them out a bit more, hadn't they? So, yeah, so, so I was in
1: the park ends. We, we sit in the park ends, do we? So I was yeah. really lucky to get my season ticket seat. And when Z cars hit, we had that roar, and then you, you sing the Everton song, mm. and it went dead. Like, there was yeah. no hum, there was no natural, yeah, like, yeah. people greeting each other and stuff because everyone was in. And it was all like social distance, and it, that was yeah. just really weird. And even during the game, when something happened, like a refereeing decision or you know competing for a for a throw in or something, you'd have that noise and then silence. Yeah, yeah, just crazy. And the game itself, I, I done a little bit there, and I, I done the instant match as well. I, I thought I could see for the first time really. I haven't seen on telly. I mean, maybe you have, but where I sit behind the goal, I could see the basis of of what we're trying to build. We were really solid. Defensively, um, I didn't feel at any point in that game that we were going to concede even at 1 0 up. And then we go to Manchester City and they put the, f- the stars out. I don't know what we've done to offend them for them to put that <laughs> team out. Like Carlo's done, I so to Pep. La-
0: yeah. I've seen that line, I was there's beef there, isn't there?
1: There's proper beef there for Pep to do that to Carlo, but to then concede five in a performance that was just a joke. I've got no, no better phrase for it. It was a joke. I, I looked at that team thinking. It's, it's like you've already qualified for Europe or you already mathematically can't We like that Arsenal game, with the Arsenal
0: game away when we qualified as under Moyes yeah. and got absolutely
1: walloped. <clears throat> I mean, we've had David Weir, Lee Carsley, and we spoke to Leon Osmond, and I think we've we've said to the three of them, we didn't mind that because yeah, the effort yeah. you'd put we in before deserved. it. Yeah. Yesterday was the last... Ch- if there was one game that you couldn't put that performance in yesterday, mm. apart from a, a derby or something, it's the last game of the season where it's riding on something. Just a gang
0: of bottlers again um, I, I, I don't know I mean yeah yeah. I don't disagree with that that comment terms of bottlers certainly for a, a large degree or a, a proportion of them but I don't know if there was there was something riding now because obviously we could have qualified for that you know <coughs> when, con, excuse me, language, conference league or whatever it was but I don't even think the players wanted to be in that I'm not sure the manager even spoke about it he didn't mention it he didn't mention mm. it in his pre-match he didn't mention it after the the, the defeats and and you know the, the victory against Wolves, he just said, "Well, you know, we've won the game, and, and it was good to see the players." But talking saw about the mm. fans. There was very little talk about this, you know, conference mm. league. So I'm not sure how much the players thought it was riding on the game. Um, I think wh- when you come up against the City side at that City side particularly, and they fancy it, which they did, they wanted to go out on a bang, and they wanted to, you know, in front of mm. their own fans. Stamp their authority on that league and, and show everyone that, like this is us and this is why we won this league. It's not because all the other teams didn't turn up because that mm. that's been a large percentage of the narrative, hasn't it? You know Liverpool has a bad season. Uniteds have been there. You know haven't really you know kicked into gear. Chelsea failed under Lampard. Arsenal did nothing. Tottenham etc. That's been almost a lot of people saying, well, City have steamrolled it, but they've ah, steamrolled it because the other teams haven't turned up. Mm. They wanted to prove that point yesterday. I think as soon as they went to nil up, if you've got something to play for, I genuinely whether that's staying in the league or qualifying for a, for a decent European competition that people know about, then you, it may have been a question of character there, I, I just think it was, we're finished here, there's no way we've got enough to to be able to come back against City from 2-0 down.
1: We We've been battered by City and other teams before. And at least you go look. We're just not. We're just not at that level. But yesterday for me, yes, there is that. But half of them weren't even didn't even look bothered. Mm. And and sometimes you do get that on the last game of the season. I, I understand that, but not when even when it's unlikely. Every we need the three results to go in our way. We need the West Ham, Tottenham, and it was with the team Arsenal. We need the three results to go our way plus us beat City. So it's unlikely. But there was no pressing. There was no aggression. They were playing through the lines. Without even moving much themselves, yeah, I think. Well, it, I think De Bruyne, who's, who's the king at this, he doesn't seem to move that much, but he gets gets space.
0: You talk about playing in between the uh, through the lines. <laughs> you, you you suggested and you, you spoke to me after the Wolves game, saying how like you can see why we're not conceding goals, but you can also see why we're not scoring goals. Mm. We're not progressing up the pitch on the flanks high enough. Yeah. We're not getting enough bodies in the in the attacking third. By not doing that, you, you, it means when the play breaks down, you, you're very. You know, you're in a very strong position to defend. Yeah. As soon as you come out of that cheap or you try and step an extra 10, 15 yards up the pitch, there's gonna be gaps between the lines. Mm. And when you leave gaps between the lines against City, because there was no point to us going there and drawing nil-nil yesterday, no. there's no point to us going there and getting beat one 0 mm. We might as how many times have you said that yourself? You might as well have got beat five nil yesterday.
1: He said we pressed higher. Yeah, yeah, and
0: that's it. When you do try and press higher up the pitch and you've got players who are not capable of closing them gaps when we lose possession or capable of tactically adjusting when we lose possession you are going to get killed and that was for me and I've said this time and time again and I'm not, I'm not like saying this to be patronising to all the other Everton fans but Carlos knew this since October this team is not capable of pressing high up the pitch without conceding two or three We're not, and, and when we're we not. We wouldn't have been able to sustain outscoring teams, particularly when we come up against the better ones. We had a favourable start to this season, and that's why we were able to win the four twos and three ones and, and whatever it was. As soon as the t- the tough fixtures kicked in, he knew they had to change the tact and the way they went about it. But then his team weren't capable of then being brave enough mm. to go again back to the way they were at the start of the season because they thought, oh, we might concede two or three, and then the apprehensive ki- apprehension kicks in. The you know the the, the the factor of not playing in front of your own fans, which you know we played three games in front of our own fans and won all three. That that I'm not saying that's an excuse because everyone's had the same you know circumstances, um, but this team clearly needs something else, doesn't it? They're not strong enough as as a group and individually to go and play toe toe against the best teams. That's a fact. They don't look like a team sometimes. Never mind the team, a they team who's good. Look- but they're not a team you can play in that way. That's my point. And they become dejected by trying to play that way because it's like we're setting ourselves up to failure. It's like he, he, he's created that system for that team which is not good enough to compete at that level to compete. And they have competed at Old Trafford, you know, they, at, at um, the Emirates, at Anfield. They've competed playing that way as soon as it's like, look, we need to come out of that shape because we are not, we wouldn't have beat City by sitting back either. So it was like, let's just try and rattle them, get a couple, and then we might be able to revert back to type. Once we had 2 nil down, it was hopeless. Mm. Um, but look, we're not going to... So
1: you're saying there, and I agree with everything you're saying, but that for me still doesn't excuse some of the no. individual performances Jesse, Me and you... Every, every other week it teams, Tom Davis and Guilfi Sigurdsson are either getting slated by you or me or both. Yeah. Michael Keane, another one. Mason Holgate, another one. There's no excuse for those individual performances. Tom Davis was an absolute joke yesterday. He was a mess mm-hmm. of a player. You'd look at that midf- midfield yesterday. He's a
0: mess SD. of a player.
1: I'd say, I'd say do you know what? He's a championship player, minus the aggression. Even a championship champ- player would I have said, the aggression. I got, and I got
0: laughed at and I got <clears throat> knocked in three or four messages from like social media when I made that comment. That he's not even good enough to play in the championship, and that's exactly what I mean by it. He's a championship player; he wouldn't be able to mix the mix it with the aggression that he play yeah. with in the champion, championship. And that's exactly what I meant. Give him time on the ball, and and you know put nice players around with him, and maybe protect him, and you might get a a decent championship player out of there. But if he played man for man like everyone else plays in the championship, pressing man for man. You get absolutely terrorized week in, week out I can't see it with him. And then you look at Michael Keane, who was at fault for the first two goals, the second goal when when he came out with the ball and he threw his hands up and he didn't even sprint back. He, he knew it was Tell fun. you what, then that, that's exactly the, the point though. That we that's the issue we have with Michael Keane when we signed him. We if we're expecting him to play in a team that plays high up the pitch yeah. and progresses from the back. He's not good enough. No. Put him with Sam Alazai, put him with an Ancelotti team that sits deep mm. and can defend and, and are well drilled and he's got players around him. He's a solid enough defender. Mm. And I had a, you know, not an argument, but I had a discussion, healthy discussion with, with Dave and our Everton group today. And I was saying, I keep him as a squad player because there's times and games where you are going to play in that way. But when, you, when you're when wanting to break into that top six, um, when you're wanting to compete with the better teams, and when I say compete, go and play and to beat them, <coughs> not play to. Nick a one nil, or to hope to get something from the game, to go and play there, you know, go mm. go to the grounds and play games toe to toe, playing to your strengths, not you know to, against their strengths. Mm. Um, you can't have you can't have players like Keane. No, uh, Mason Holgate for the for Aguero's goal where he just he just stood still, and stuck his leg out as if to say another player. I've got
1: beat the book next month and not breaking me like it.
0: Another player who's been the benefit of a of a solid defensive shape mm. that makes him look good. Not asking much of him coming out to to go and play he knows his position he's not asked to venture too far up the pitch therefore he's never caught out of position not testing him tactically or technically again as soon as you ask him to come out and do something he goes missing and goes to bits mm, and, and and you know Dave made a good point again in the group and you've said it as well and I completely agree to a certain extent that that was the best thing that could happen for the benefit of getting rid of some of those weak yeah. players or at least say at least for him to turn around to brands and go they're not good
1: enough, there you go. Yeah. If, if have lost 2-0 yesterday and looked all right at times. It was up exactly, Papered over the cracks. I think he's named again, today, or last night, he, he names a central defender who can play the ball up, is what we needed. He's, he hasn't said that in mm. weeks. So I think some of these performances, the Sheffield United, uh, Aston Villa, the way we should have really been for and we were terrible. Manchester City yesterday. I, I think he's now seeing things that he wasn't seeing a month ago. He's, he's going like, we're getting into the final month of the season. With, minus Manchester City, a favourable fixture list. I mean, if we would to beat Aston Villa and Sheffield United, we'd be having a very different conversation now. And some of these crabs would what still, says a still be in, in the team in next season. What says a lot
0: as well, and, and, it, and it figures, if you look back at those games, how many times to Keane, to Holgate in particular, pass back to Pickford? Mm-hmm. They pass okay. back because Pickford can pass the ball better Inches than they it, can. Yeah. It's embarrassing. Mm. They know that they've got a better chance of breaking that first line of defence by giving it to Pickford <coughs> to ping it over them than they mm. have of, of actually being brave enough to take it out. You see when Holgate tried to do it at home to Villa and he lost possession. You've seen time you know so many times when Keane tries to step out and and again lifts his hands up and then clips it over the top or or goes back to Pickford. Mina's the only one I can actually give any credit and and free that they're, they're actually brave enough to go and do it. Mm. Now, Meena at times is maybe not capable of doing it, but and he will lose possession, but he'll lose possession when he's actually trying to step out and play. Um so yeah, and and, and that does that that changes the whole dynamic of your play in possession if you've got a centre back who's capable of stepping, stepping in. And, and you, you rate overloads then. Mm. Otherwise, you're constantly underloaded. So you've got two centre backs who won't step forwards beyond that, that midfield and forward block. They've always got more men than you have in that middle third. So, why are we supposed to? Unless you've got a ridiculously good technician, which we've lacked at times in the middle, to go and take a man out of the game by beating them so it, it it figures the way that we're playing and then when we go into games like City where we're expecting to come out doesn't surprise me that, that we've been So well,
2: just on that with your midfields, obviously you've got Alan <coughs> the, I think playing as like the sort of the holder against City didn't you um, is he um, I mean, he's, he's a ball winner isn't he is, is he the type of midfielder that you need though to support centre-backs to be able to do well, that do you know t- what t- I mean so because
0: the way that way that works and again I'm, not, I'm trying to patronise the listeners it's hard to, to do it when I'm like pointing with my fingers yeah but when you're trying to play off in the back, you notice it that middle player drops in, you yep. create a three. Yep. Therefore, if you're playing against the front two, you've got an overload of three versus two. Yep. But it relies on all three of them being able and confident to step out. Yeah, yeah. If they if they identify that only the midfielder is the person who's capable mm-hmm. of playing through, they just block his lines off. Yeah, yeah. So that's what's happening time and time again. If it goes two v1, it's the same principle that one out of the two normally can't step out. So that's the problem. I do not think for I do not for think for a I don't for a s think for a second, I don't think most Evertonians think that Allen's not good enough to do that job. But he needs players in that little three with him or in that two that are also capable. Yeah, it's it, taking the pressure. It's off. a
2: problem we had with at Liverpool for a long time, like the sort of back line where it'd be side to side, side to side. Like we couldn't get out. You know, we were just moving the ball across the back without any real plan. And it was when Henderson, in fairness, was sort of like the holder, and he was expected to receive the ball with his back to the game. You know, like and, and be able to turn and then get his head up. And it wasn't really his game. So it'd go back into the fullback channel, back into the centre back. You know, and it just felt like we got bogged down at the back for a long time, didn't it? Until we worked on that double pivot. Where it sort of worked a little bit better than you had yeah, Wynaldeman Henderson as a That's it, is it is and, it and our too. double
0: pivot, really, if we're going to be honest. Takore he's better higher up the pitch and he's better when he's got space to go and gallop. He's like yeah, yeah. he's a galloper, do you know what I mean? He's not a player who plays in tight areas and whatever. He's capable, but he'll one, he'll just get his body and hold on to it and knock it back yeah, yeah. if he hasn't got the space. Alan can do that. But again, we needed Gomez to step up this season. That's what all Evertonians wanted, let's be honest. Mm. I don't, for the minute, and if any Evertonians could say to me they expected Davis to step up this season, you're blind. But I've seen something in Gomez a few years ago to suggest that he might have been able to step up his intensity, Mm. whether it's injuries or whether it's just that he's never been able to play at that pace I don't know but he was the one who was expected to step up this season mm. we tried Kilfi Sigurdsson deeper to be that other player who's going to be the, the additional pivot he wasn't good enough deeper in the pitch so he has looked for solutions but we haven't got it in this current squad and, and, and it's hampering all levels of our development now and pro- our progression
3: well, you've obviously picked out a few players there who you've criticised and probably rightly so by what you've been saying. We've had a message from Mark Moss, who's another favourite who you've loved to talk about recently. He said, penalty aside, Guilfi Sigurdsson's proven himself to be a liability again. Most tragically immobile attacking midfielder you could ever wish to have. Painful viewing.
0: Exactly the same comparison for me as Kane. Again, say what you want about me, but he's still, unfortunately, got a place, got a role to play in the squad simply because he will get your goals or create goals in certain games. Games against City, like the listener said there, where he's expected to be dynamic and and quick and and all the things you need to be on the break against City, he's not up to it. He's not good enough. Likewise, man, uh, you know Michael Keane isn't in the, in a, in a different way. So I, I agree with that, and, and I can't disagree with the games when he's been poor, he's been dreadful. When he's been good, he's won us games. Unfortunately, and that's the the situation we are in.
1: Everyone knows my opinion on gilfie Sigurdsson. <laughs> I just, I was watching him yesterday, and he got subbed sixty minutes in, with the captain's armbands on. Missing a pen, missing, well, not even that. That can happen. Yeah. But I just think, if you're the captain, and and this is not his fault, but the record's and and mm. they should be doing a lot more, and he, and he just doesn't for me. And yes, he does pop up with six goals a season, but but is that enough?
0: No. Nowhere near it Seven assists isn't, isn't it's, it's not good enough I know it's not good, not look, good I'm not, enough I'm not saying it I, 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 The reason I I don't even feel like I'm defending him I'm just giving the reality of the fact that we're, we're nowhere near ready For him to not be a squad player mm. Like it, to get rid of him For me you'd have to get rid of another three before him Gomez has got to go before him oh So Davis it, yeah. for me Because they do nothing whatsoever in any game so it's like, if you look at the contributions and this is just putting on a dead basic level forget about the goals but even assists, then whatever I mean, what are the metrics you want? He actually, if you look at the stats, the stats that we pulled up from the Athletic the other week he actually runs faster than Davis and Gomez as well in games, covers more ground, so I'm, I'm not defending him here because he isn't good enough and I, I agree with the listener, certainly on, on the basis of yesterday and many games this season but he's still giving us more over the course of a season than them two put together yeah, and you're never going to wipe out your whole midfield. Eh? No, you are never going to get rid of a few. In so two, in two seasons, yeah. going to stay, it's yeah. it for now. Now, don't get me wrong. If there's good money on the table for him, take it. Because we might be able to get someone for the same money that actually gives us more value and, and week in, week out. But I can't see that happening either. The wages he's on and, and the fee that we might expect for him.
1: He's going, he's, going, he's going to get worse as well as he gets older and that's Close the thing and
0: I, <sighs> but then like, like, you said, like I was saying then though, if if he's a sub who's coming on the last 20 minutes when we're going to be having more possession and other players are going to be taking and, and you're just looking for players to cross the ball in to have a shot from the outside of the area that's a good squad player for me and he's a player that I think could give us something as a squad player having to rely on him on this season and having to rely on him in, in the games that we have has further exposed them I can't disagree with that Okay Similar to the Reds we'll we'll do a proper season review We had a message from one of our mates Jolie um, who said (laughs) go through your squad or the players that you've used significantly during the season and give them a rating and and justify why I think that's probably worth a show in in a week or two's time where we we do bat about ratings and, and try and come up with a consensus on who's been good, yeah, bad and
1: ugly any suggestions from listeners because we've got a summer to fill with shows with season review shows and stuff any suggestions that you want us to talk about at across the park PC on Twitter and Instagram Gary as always when one of the sides gets beat a full time our listeners we, we love say, they just, want our opinion on things just, and just getting to the point of the show
3: that I enjoy most <coughs> um, <laughs> your fans again obviously after the dismantling by Man City uh, there's a few questions Ancelotti at the moment, so I'll just I'll, I'll skim through a few of them just and then you can tackle them at the end. So, EFC pitch on Instagram Allardyce finished eighth with a worst team. Ancelotti should be questions on your show this week. That was one.
1: Oh, that one, so <laughs> I've just I can't let you bypass that one without r- responding to it. Technically and, and statistically, that's absolutely correct. I think there's a lot more to it in relation to the points that were involved in, in the Sam Allardyce eighth. And the Carlo Angelotti tenth judge. You think me and you've done a little bit of um bit of research afforded me on points that, that Carlo's got this season.
0: Yeah, so the, the first one is that the our our points tally was the highest points tally ever to finish tenth in Premier League history. Mm-hmm. That that's one fact. And I am not I said to you last night on the group, I weren't asked about the tenth because you finish tenth 8th or 7th, <coughs> It doesn't matter if you don't get in a competition, does it? No, so and, and it, it's two points. So, 59 points this
1: season is, is two points less than when we finished fourth with 61. Allardyce got 47 points. So, all right, black and white, two places worse off with 12 points. Better off looking back at a number of games where we, we could have done better. So, but it's
3: all relative though, isn't
1: it? it? Well, yeah, you can say that. But I'm, The rest of I'm the a, teams
3: have done a, have had the same things but, throughout the season.
0: But have they? we with- Tw- I, I've, I've said it I, just mean, I,
3: just mean, I just mean from that season Aladice was with you compared to this season now no
0: the, the gap no the point is the gap between the top six and us under Aladice was like 20 odd points 25 points we finished 7 points was it off the Champions League and 6 points off 8, eight points off Champions League 8 points yeah. off Europa League oh, sorry 6 points off Europa League and 8 points off the Champions League surely the the objective for Ancelotti this year was to qualify for Europe or get closer to, that, to the Champions League in Europe, so it is relative, what does 10th what does ten ten place matter if you don't get into Europe anyway, I don't care about the 10th place, I think the points Sally, and how far away you are from your goal is, is what's important, now we didn't reach it, that's a fact, but we were still in the mix up until 2 games to go, 3 games to go really, we finished 14 points ahead of 12th, I don't know how many points ahead of 12th we were you know, then, under Alzheimer's. Under, i like percent, Probably one or it? two. Yeah, okay. one or two, exactly, because we we only really managed to leapfrog into it, I think, with two, three games mm-hmm. to go. But for me, th- there's got to be a bit of context around the whole. Is that an Everton F- fan who wrote, wrote that in? No. EF- EFC picks. Okay, was there, no, there was no, there was a Reddy wrote okay.
1: something. Hate mail to EFC picks on Instagram. <laughs> 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 only messing, mate. Only messing.
3: Okay, so as I say, I'll try and skim through them just so we're not spending another hour on every single one. Um, toffee Talk Who's a fault for our result From January until now We obviously got some Some great results pre-January So why not the second half of the season We got one from Phil Franks He said I'm a big fan of Ancelotti And defend him a lot on social media But Everton Ever have absolutely bottled This end of the season And finished 10th tent- And finishing 10th is extremely poor I back him to fix it But he has to shoulder some responsibility Another one was from Sean Pugh He said Do you think this team is getting better that's how I define progression. Over the course of this season, they've got worse. Finishing 10th after another summer of decent spending below a terrible arsenal and newly promoted team. is underwhelming, to say the least. Doesn't really feel like a team moving forward. Gladys Blue, Ancelotti in charge, first full season. With backing, we finished 10th. Discuss.
1: Um, I'll, I'll tackle
3: leave, I'll the... I'll Martin the, till, like, you finished this bit.
1: I'll tackle the, the Sean... Q one, where he said it doesn't look like a team going. It doesn't look like it's a team going forward. I I do agree. I don't think that eleven or that thirteen or fourteen is the team that can take Everton forward. It no. needs it needs major investments. It needs more money. And I know people will say, "Oh, Everton more money." I think, I think money his question
0: it, but... and the listener who said after since January we've been poor. I think they're both fair statements. Obviously, you look at the league table. I think Boxing Day we were second, so you can't disagree with with the you know the. The down you know, the downfall from, from January to now. There have been some injuries, but you can't blame injuries. Every every team has injuries. You know, we lost to Corey for a long period of time, Alan for a long period of time at the same time. Calvert Loom was Gomez. out for about four to six weeks. Gomez James uh, Rodriguez. James Rodriguez, sorry. But yeah, it's yeah, I, don't, I said Gomez. Then I was thinking that was probably a good loss. Um, but no, I, I don't think you can blame injuries. These across the park have had it worse, um, as the as, as Sky used to tell us every day when it was <laughs> happening. Um, but now, I, I, you know, I've, I've, I'm not going to go through the same. Bang on with the same thing I had before. I think there's there's reasons why we haven't picked up the points that we did at home. Um, I think it's a combination of tactical and, and personnel, which we haven't got. Like you said. The, the fourteen players, if you will, that have been rotated, and not good. You know, there's four or five of them that are certainly nowhere near good enough, and that's that has a big impact on your season. The theme there, from a few of them, and, and as Gary introduced this segment, is like Carlo's
1: getting some criticism again, and we've never not criticised some of his decisions, have we? It's not a podcast where, well, it's like abs- these love He's art right emoji eyes right. looking at Carlo. He he has made mistakes, maybe going. Maybe the high press yesterday was wrong. Maybe we should have got a nil nil with with, with the way you played. You did of
3: for this one to justify him though. <laughs> no, <I'm, top laughs> of no, me the head. only one. Top he, me he, head. He,
0: to be fair, Mills he said, I, "I, you'd put in a thing. Someone had put it on Twitter, hadn't he?" And you were like, this is an interesting way of, of looking at it. Yeah, so we've looking at some quotes before, but I mean, yeah, I was talking just about yesterday,
1: maybe we should have got to nil-nil, half-time, in, as with the low block, and then unleashed it. There's been times maybe Aston Villa away and Sheffield United at home with five at the back. I've criticised that. Yeah, it's not it's, it's not a show where we don't criticise them. And if it was someone else, if it was Marco Silva, I 100% would be banging another drum, but... It's it's Carlo Angelotti with, you know, with a team that's not really his And do you know
0: what I keep saying as well, and, and we keep maintaining the signings that were made in the summer, whether you're you know whether you credit brands with them or Angelotti have made us a better team. Now yeah. I don't, you know, Dave, one of our mates was saying we're not better than we were in 2016. No, we're not, because there's been ten windows since then, and five of those windows have been terrible. So mm. I don't you can look that far back five years ago. You can only look back at the time he's been here and the influence or the windows he's had an influence over. And those windows have been successful in, in my eyes.
1: I've, I've robbed this the screenshot from someone, and I don't know who it was. I put it in our, our mm. Toffee Talk group before, and I it, it, it think it sums it up for it. at least me and Judging and, and I, I assume a lot of other Blues. It says, we only got two more points this season. We finished fourth. We've won 17 games this season, only three times in the Premier League era. Have we won more than that? Understand and feel disappointments disappointment, but let's keep some perspective. It's still largely a very poor squad. But if Carlo can achieve this with that squad, let's be patient and see how much he can achieve with a good squad of his own signings.
0: Amen, brother. Don't know who that is, but... Um, well, right. bro, bro,
1: bro. It was doing the rounds before
3: on social media, so... When do you start banging the drum you were talking about if it was Michael Silver in charge? How long has he got?
1: He's, he, I think he's got the full season next season. If, if this happens again next season, I'd like to think that I'd still see signs of improvements and see signs of progression. But it would be like, OK, now that that's... It's getting a bit long now
0: i'm gonna i think the pressure will start to mount if in january next season we're still playing poor football mm-hmm. if we get to christmas in the next season and the football is as dour as it has been at times this season and he's and this is this is the big asterisk i guess he's been given the three or four players that he's saying he wants yeah that's big. And, and close to that yeah. I, I think you know you've got to start seriously looking at the, the project if you will mm because you know if we're saying the same thing again there's another 3-4 players that have made us better that makes 8 players mm. that's almost the whole team that he's got plus the few players that he had when he arrived that were good enough you know your Luca Deans your Calvert-Lewins your Richarlison Calvert-Lewins obviously a, Jordan Pickford uh, yeah Jordan Pickford which again you know we're going to go through the season everyone's forgot to stop talking about him haven't they mm. how many times I say it Jordan last season and this season that he's not the problem mm. suddenly people are realising that but it's um yeah, uh, that's it. my answer to that question, to, uh, Gary. I think it'll be a bit sooner if the, the the form in terms of performances continues up until January.
3: Okay. Now the theme of most of them questions were, as you said, Milly. Do they sh- were wanting Ancelotti to shoulder some blame as opposed to all of it? And did you? Did you? Some listeners some did say that they still back him to turn it round. We got one listener who's adamant that he's not the right man. Martin O'Connor, we know we get, we get plenty of messages off him and, and he's, a, he's a big fan of the show. He said, You finish up where you deserve. We finished 10th and with a minus goal difference, just two places higher than last season. Make all the excuses you can, but after 18 months of our so-called world-class manager, or once a world-class manager in my eyes, we've made no progress whatsoever, no improvement in the players or in the football played, as our position shows. I admit I was against the appointment to Carlo from the start, and every day, every
1: passing day, just seems to prove he is a man past his sell-by date. Okay, right. so not not every blue agrees with me and you, Judgy. So me, me and you are a forum, and let's give him time, and let's respect the blues who, who don't agree with us. So let's take some of those comments on. He said he can't see any improvements. Okay, for me, we've now got midfielders who can run and can win duels, and last season we, we didn't. Is that not an improvement? I, I think it is. I think. We've gone to certain certain grounds this season. Judgy mentioned the Emirates, Old Trafford, Anfield with the game plan and brought points back. Is that not improvement? And I understand we got battered, Jesty. If you listen to last week's show, Martin, I was slating them after the Sheffield United game. There's definitely, definitely room for improvements. I think we need more than what some other Blues think in 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 the summer. I think we need four or five opposed to 2 or 3, so that alone says my opinion on it, but I can't agree there's been no signs of improvement. because for me, judge there has.
0: Yeah, I, I've said enough, um, I don't think me and Martin are going to see eye to eye for a while, to be honest, um, I, I, again, like Millsy said, I respect his opinion, and every every fan's got the right to an opinion, particularly when it comes to the manager, and, and when the team are not performing the way that the fans would expect them to, <coughs> but um, I'm, I'm firmly on, on Carlo's side, and, and I've seen things, you know, like I've I've went to and, and, and went through in detail before in relation to the way we've set up in the right way, whether people like it or not. His job, as he said, re- as he's iterated a few times this season, has been to get points, Um not to not potentially to to <clears throat> to be easy on the eye because there's no fans there anyway. Um, but I, I think that'll come. I think I think the football aesthetically that people want to see will come next season. I'm a firm believer in that. And I think we've seen, you know, signs of it at the start of the season. But like I said, Carlo clearly felt that we were not. That was not going to be something that was sustainable. And you know, going back to what we said before, we got to Boxing Day and second place. That's got to be seen. When was the last time Evertonians seen us in Boxing Day? I know Boxing Day was not the same Boxing Day as it's been, you know, years ago. So it was only 15 games in or whatever it was. But when was the last time Evertonians seen us seconds on Boxing Day? When was the last time we seen us go to Anfield and win? And I know there's the whole, whole thing about fans, no fans, etc. But we can't use that excuse and then not use it in our favour as well. Do you know what I mean? Um, two cup quarterfinals as well. Yeah, yeah. A, a disappointing to a certain extent to to, to just get that far. But and look who knocked us out. The teams who finished one and two in the yeah, pen. exactly. So it's, yeah, for, for me, th- there's definitely signs there. It doesn't feel like it when you've just been battered the way that we have and and we've, we've you know the, with the points we've dropped at home in, in the re, in recent months but there's definitely shoots there for me and and i'm I'm holding on to that for now okay like it's i said it's gonna be a long summer for you don't mind if that's your <laughs> thing in
1: mind i do worry for you <laughs> we are gonna do a season review a full season review podcast either next week or the week after so social media is done this week in history judgy anyone any blue or red with any sort of memory knows what the Liverpool this week in history is going to be so Blues you've got five minutes to go make a coffee or you know skip to In-Demand or Liverpool Live on your radio Judgy on this this week in history in 2006 15 years ago Everton went looking for a striker who could help get them into the top six and they got Andy Johnson and I think we could do with the 2006 Andy Johnson coming in for eight and a half million pounds this summer for us but to reflect on that period we were going through a period of having James Beattie up front who just wasn't really clicking. Duncan Ferguson had had just retired. We managed to get into fourth with Marcus Benz with lots of pace up front and and unselfishness. We'd lost him. The 2005-06 season was terrible so we needed change and then Andy Johnson comes in and he, he was the change. He was Brilliant for that first half of the season, wasn't he?
0: Yeah, en- energy, industry, but quality as well. Mm. Really good finisher. Um, proper Tony Cotty esque fox in the box, wasn't he? And mm. he, he was just everything that team needed. You know, he, he, he was clutching a little bit, wasn't he, Moise, in terms of the different strikers he brought in. They, they, they were always. Hard workers, if you will, and, and they he always a- able to to hold the ball up and and do something for the team, but he didn't really have that X factor. And mm. and Andy Andy Johnson brought that, and and you know he, he'll always be he certainly will always have a, have a place in my heart because you know that that Goodison derby, which he just three that three games defense.
1: in to was Everton career was So he scored on his four games, and he scored on his debut at home to to Watford. Then he scored a great goal at Tottenham. Yeah, he went where he whipped him from the from the right hand side, and he was like. On the shoulder of the defender, and he scored two, so it's four, four goals and four, which is two an amazing sides derby victory, and I think the fans latched right on some. Yeah. I remember t- Moyes tried to upgrade Marcus Bent, didn't he? Yeah, and he tried to upgrade him with James Beattie, and, and it never worked. Then we went to Andy Johnson, and then later we tried to up the, up, upgrade Johnson with Yokuibu, know, yeah, yeah and Louis Saha, but I think a second season, I, th- I think he a bad injury, didn't Kits he? Up did, injuries, did yeah. I think work. it was his an
0: ankle or something. I don't think he ever recovered <clears throat> from that. I think in general in his career. no, Because um, well. we brought Yakuba
1: in, didn't we, that summer yeah. and, and he didn't really play at two. No. And all of a sudden you look and go, is, is, this, is this not going to really work now because Jukubi was, was that good? Yeah,
0: he, he, he was he was bagging them as well, wasn't he? He went through that patch, but he, he just was able to fall upon a, another striker, wasn't he? Every, yeah. every summer he liked to kind of refresh it and, or freshen it up. But certainly the, the signing itself, um, I think it was an exciting one for us because the... the the Type of striker that he looked and, and, and was not having a player with that type of pace for a long time. I think it was Jeffers probably before that, wasn't it? And then, and then Casamarchi yeah. K- K- yeah. before that. So yeah. it was like everyone loves a striker with pace, don't they? Especially when they've got work rate yeah, when
1: they're just like running around and pressing yeah. and, and winning corners and winning dangerous throw ins and stuff. And he had that as well, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it was. It sounds strange because like we're not big England fans, but I think at the time it was like Liverpool had loads of players in the England team as well. So when it came to like Euros or World Cups, they had loads of players. Then remember, we had Andy Johnson.
0: Yeah, and like, I me- I remember on Pro Evo, <coughs> I used to always put him in, put him in the like the England <laughs> team and all that, and make a team, and put Andy Johnson in there because it, it was like he it, it was a, when them players, you like what you knew that England was important to him. It was something he wanted, so you wanted him to to, to get it as well for himself, but. Yeah, honestly, one of them strikers I genuinely loved. I loved Everett and the Boss song as well. He didn't he? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> he yeah. Went, I, remember yeah.
1: The, I remember the, um, remember the Arsenal game of Goodison and the hailstone. Yeah, and he scored late on as well, and he jumped into the crowd and stuff. And yeah,
0: he, he has a he has a good relationship with the fans, and um, and yeah, and that didn't he? Yeah. So looking back at Andy Johnson in an Everton shirt, thumbs up, thumbs massive, middle, thumbs, massive, thumbs down, massive thumbs up, yeah. And it, do you know one of them as well. I think he, he you know, he's left at the right time, and he? he? Didn't he wasn't one of them. He stayed there for years and years, and he ended up yeah. thinking, oh,
1: his, his money. So we sold him in a way not me, but we bought Fellaini with the money and brought yeah. in on a free, so like a natural. It,
0: it worked out quite well, didn't it, both ways? Yeah. You like, two fighting
1: over who's going to bring in <laughs> this week in history. For the I, need the, I,
0: need, I need the toilet, to be honest,
1: <laughs> Gary. You always sort of get do this. You always get the chance to bring it in, so I take it away from it and give it to to Terry. But Terry, I've heard you talk about this when we had Neil Fitzmaurice and Peter Hooten in, talking about how great a night it was for you, and we had David Price, didn't we, and an extra, it, it was great, but if anyone doesn't know what I'm talking about, 2005 Terry, Champions League final, penalty victory, Big Ears number five, you were there? Absolutely,
2: yeah. This week in history, obviously, is is basically the same week, um, as Millsy said, in 2005, that, you know, we won we won the European Cup. And I think it was, the, you know, the, the the sort of start of, you know, returning us a little bit back to the map, wasn't it? It being a bit of a, you know, a bit of a, a, a not a bad period, but obviously we won trophies in 2001, but, you know, it, it was that time under Rafa Benitez where we basically, you know, became on, on points anyway the the best team in Europe, you know what I mean? We got to to two finals within a couple of seasons. We won one of them, um, and we Should were just the second one. Yeah, and we were in some titanic sort of battles in quarters and semis with you know big teams at the time. So, but now obviously this week in history, um, the 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 miracle of Istanbul, you know, the greatest final comeback probably in in, in fo- certainly in football history. Do you know, going into
1: that because you'd beat Chelsea and you'd beat Juventus, but you were like fifth in the league when. Weren't that good of a side. Were you confident going into that final, um, or were you thinking this is
2: going to be a long night? It, it, it's a good question, like because I think you know I was confident when we went into them games against Chelsea and stuff. We were a boss cup side because with Benitez, he you know he was so good at working out the op- the opposition and sort of setting you up to to nullify them and 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 do what we needed to do. Um, but I don't think we can say we were confident going into that final. Really, when you were against that AC Milan team, you know, that AC Milan team at the time was absolutely phenomenal in every area of the pitch. I mean, when you look at the team now on paper and you go, wow, how did we even win that game? You know, like Shevchenko, Inzaghi, Crespo, you know, Halo, Nesta, Maldini, Deezer in goal, you know, just ridiculous players all over the pitch, you know, and probably name their team more than you can name ours. Yeah, and you know, and let's, you know, have it right, it's not some of our players when. You Know went top draw, um, so Jimmy, Jimmy Triore, well, exactly. Yeah, you
1: John know, John Arna Risa, Harry Kuehl, Milan Barros, and I'm playing against like Kaka, so yes, Seydorf. So,
3: that's so. what
2: I mean. It was, you know, so I don't think you can say you were confident, but you know, we were just glad to be back on the big stage, you know, as, as a football club. Um, you know, Liverpool back where. I think you know fans of an older generation like my dad and that, that that's where they felt we belonged. You know, and and we've always had a great history with that competition. So so to be back in it and and obviously get the final, it was it was it was boss. And I went with my dad. I you know I was only what was I being there? Fifteen at the time. Um, so still still relatively young. Um, no, not fifteen. Sorry, I It would have been nineteen. I think it would have been at the time. Um, so still you know relatively young and, and went with my dad and a couple of the lads, some of our mates, Dino and Curly, and it was. It was a phenomenal trip you know we went for two, two nights and it was it was great because it was it was in a mad place you know like in 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 Turkey obviously and you're sort of like how, how are you going to get there and there was all kinds of mad flights getting thrown on and, and all kinds of routes that people were taking and it was the first time that I'd sort of experienced that you know like that sort of get there by any means sort of necessary sort of thing and it was, a, it was a brilliant trip and obviously you know the game itself
3: You did you go did, you? no I, I never made it I, I, say I, was, I was only 15 at the time so I didn't have my own source of income to be able to go and my half fella just he, he, my half fella went and two of my three brothers went and I just I, I just couldn't get there the, the fact that there was there was no spare ticket for me for one I think had there been a spare ticket my dad probably would have got me there but he couldn't have then gone with only one ticket and me not being and, and leave me outside type thing so what was, was, it, like, what was
1: it like was like here the, what, well, where I, did you watch it
3: I was I at was Glassy in um, in Oriz on County Road and at the time it was like we when we got there after the Chelsea game I was straight on the to. I'm off that night not, <laughs> absolutely don't put me in the ends will putting me in I was like not a chance so I absolutely <laughs> had to had to get one of the lads one of the blues it was from school who ended up doing it for me but I went there to watch it with a couple of my brothers mates because all of our lads had gone um,
1: on the old day obviously
3: yeah of course <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah and that what's the first half in there and it was just I just couldn't believe what we were watching it was like even though you know they were well a better team they were probably the best team in europe at the time and we we got Should there by, the champions league final no but that's what i mean dude we we obviously weren't where we doesn't yeah. by, by no way necessary uh, by no way we were the best team we hadn't the, the players we had compared to theirs they were by far the better team but even still, you just couldn't believe what you were watching. just yeah. mantled us. He, th- that pass from Kaka, the, where Carragher's stretching and just gets on, on the end of Kersbo's toe, and just some of, some of the the play that they were playing during the game was just... It was great to watch, to be fair, now that we know the outcome of it, it was great to see it because they, they were such a good team. So then after the half-time, I was like, oh, let's just move on somewhere, just go and drown our sorrows type thing on the, on the orange juice. him um, <laughs> so we went over the Arlachs. And what's the second half, in there? and it was—I think I ended the night with this big fat Irish fella lying on top of me on the floor, <laughs> kissing the face off, and didn't know didn't know him from Adam. And it was just honestly, it was just—I can't express the emotions you went through during that game. Yeah. E- even at home, I, I can't imagine what everyone went through in the ground. Well, and,
2: and that, that in the ground, did was, you say Terry, you drained after? Yeah. Said? So, I mean, watching the first half, as Gary said, you were watching like out of this world football from them and as i just said there we were just happy to be in that final you know back on the big stage and stuff but I don't think anyone thought you know we'd be 3-0 down at half time and at that point you're thinking this is embarrassing like this could end up 5 or 6 you know and, and all of a sudden the fun's gone you know sort of thing you're like you can accept getting beat by a better team but if you get absolutely annihilated in the Champions League final and that first half was, was was grim if I'm honest it was like you know we everyone on on, on, the, on the stands was just shell-shocked you know everyone was just sort of like what's happening here and at, at 3-0 at half time it was just it, I'll be honest there was there was some murmurs like some fans were like sort of you know some some fans were like, I Can't believe it, it's a disgrace and all that and then other fans were arguing with them saying, Get behind them I mean, it was a bit of a weird atmosphere at half time. But then leave? some people said that they they walked. I don't I always think the loons who said that they left. I, I don't get it. Where did you go? It was like the was like on the moon. There was nothing there. There was nowhere you could go. So it was like, What were you gonna Sit do? Go on and stand coach. outside on, on the rocky grounds. There's nothing I don't get that, me, like why you'd leave but But at half time until like the back end of the half time period where people started to sing and you, you know, you heard the the talk do you never walk alone and it did swell then that sort of come on, you know, like let's let's just, you know, get behind him as much as we can. And then you had that first 10, 15 minutes after half time it was just like, Oh my god. It was such a roller coaster of emotions. Like as I say, you were you were, you were beating at the first half, then you were absolutely elated after them, you know, that second half, and then you're going into extra time, you've got all the nail biting of extra time. Dude, that, that ridiculous save. I see it now on the telly, I think, how's that even happened? How did that even it, really it happen? Stales? You know, how does someone do that how, defies how was... the laws of physics oh, it does. <laughs> and every time I see it I think Pfft. so with all that happening in the extra time and then obviously you've got pens when that game finished and you know the idea was we'll just go out on the ale no matter what happens it took ages to get back into the city centre because the ground was miles out outside the, game, outside the city and the queue of traffic to get out and the, queue, the, the coaches and that I, I think we ended up having one bevvy, and then I went to bed. I was wiped out on the coach. It was like i would never felt such an up-down emotional night, you know, in in my life. It was just like, how can you be so like flat and then so high, you know, with everything in between? It was. I was nuts. in school the next day. Was <laughs> it? Well, <laughs> supposed
3: to be anyway. It was, and, that, um, it was just... I, I ended up going into town with, with the lads I was, I was watching it with. I was getting phone calls off my mum to get home you're in school in the morning, she started getting buttoned because there was no way I was going home, <laughs> I and then I, think, I think I rolled in probably about two, three o'clock in the morning, so my mum absolutely fuming, it's like there's not a chance I was going to school, I was still bevy no. and everything. Yeah and
2: that, you know, it was an emotional, it was just an emotional yeah. night, um, whether you were there, whether you were watching on telly, and I think, you know, even, even, even the ones who were watching at home, and, and even ones who weren't fans of Liverpool Football Club, I know the Blues would never admit this, and my new fans would never admit it, but you can't, you can't, if you take the clubs, you know, and the rivalry aside, that is just one of the best moments of sport and drama. Remarkable. You know, I, I think, you. I'm not saying Blues have got to enjoy it, you wouldn't, but if that was any other team you'd watch that story and just go wow that is nuts that i was
0: i was in, in Ventura. i actually planned a holiday to make sure it wasn't in the city <laughs> and uh, i was with i was with my ex-girlfriend and she was like a plazzy red do you know what i mean like she really, didn't really support liverpool but adopted was, was black yeah that's <laughs> it yeah and she was like sitting opposite me. we were sitting on one of them like high tables and there was a waiter coming over serving as while the game was on and the waiter was like a plazzy liverpool fan as well not from not from england which is not surprising um, but he, he was coming back and forth and obviously the first half I'm sitting I was, I'll be honest I wasn't celebrating I wasn't like you know jumping yeah, up when smiling. they score I'm and just sitting the, there with yeah. a bit of a yeah a bit of a grin on my face but obviously the whole bar we were in was just reds because you know there was no AC Milan fans there they were just reds no one no one in the bar was, it seemed was was supporting AC Milan so obviously as the second half goes on the celebrations and people were jumping on me obviously when the, the equaliser <laughs> and the pens and then to be honest, I was like, let's let's get off and all that, and I was like, oh my god! And then the next day, you we were sitting there in the bar, a little bit a bit hungover, and I'm looking up at the telly above above the bar. It was a different bar, but the tellys that were, like above the bar where we were sitting, and it was all the scenes of like you know around St George's Hall, and I was like, wow, that, yeah. that's that's unbelievable! Like, like my city, do you know what I mean? So that's so, what I mean. It, it was it was just. Uh, quintessential sport and
2: drama and it's why you watch football isn't it like stuff like that happening you just think you know and and why you're a fan like people who don't support football don't get it but that's why you're a, you're a football fan so you can experience that sort of you take the rough with the smooth and in that 90 minutes we are well longer than 90 minutes obviously 120 minutes plus pens but in that period we had every single emotion as a football fan it compressed into one thing and you know just the, in in I don't want to sound like sort of thingy but as a Liverpool fan, it seems to happen more like more often. You know that you have these madly like, emotional <laughs> roller coasters on big tournaments or big games. believe me it does seems to
0: happen <laughs> yeah. and, I'll back you on that.
2: And yeah, you know, Istanbul was it'll it'll never in my I don't think in my my time my lifetime be be sort of topped. I don't think as an experience as a as a as a match going fan, it was you know, un- unbelievable, unbelievable
1: alright, the season is over, but we've still got time for one big game. Arguably the biggest game of the week. Who am I? Reds v blues. Winner plays Z
0: Cars or you never walk alone. Alright, so I'll make this quick because it conscious uh, has been a big episode. So we're gonna start with um We're gonna start with the Liverpool player. Okay, so again, the rules I'm gonna read out clues one at a time. I'll give a little bit of a pause in between each clue so you can play along at home. For the lads in the studio, if you do know the answer maybe raise a hand write it down mouth it whatever it is um, and then we, we'll see who comes out on top so the first one is a Liverpool player uh, this play was signed for 3.2 million on the 26th of July 2001 so it's in your ear Gary before you start So not my ear it is too early for me well, was 11 like that, 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 is prime, <laughs> that that's prime isn't it that's prime for remembering signings <laughs> he was unveiled alongside unveiled Unveiled, yeah. Unveiled. 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 <laughs> unveiled. unveiled. I was he was unveiled. <laughs> Some steak. <laughs> he was unveiled along with loan signing Nicholas Elka mm. Is that what you thought the, the answer was?
1: Uh, I think I might. Oh,
0: Third oh. clue. Third clue. He scored 19 goals. In sixty-eight appearances between two thousand and one and two thousand and five. It's the third clue.
1: It's not what I
0: was
1: thinking of. Oh no.
0: Nineteen goals. I think I've got no, I think I know it. I think I know it. No. Um, Okay. Isn't is that all the clues? No, no, this is the fourth clue. I'm not sure this is gonna be much of a clue because it's actually what happened in in the periods of time, but he won the League Cup in two thousand and three and was part of the Champions League squad in 2005. Is that the last clue? No, there's one more. Which is just, sure, it's
1: not a way just said it was. It seems to be.
0: No, I, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so, but if you... Okay. alongside, Go on, carry on. Rafa <laughs> decides to cash in on him toward the end of August 2005, selling him to Aston Villa for 6.5 million. Still don't know? Um,
1: <laughs> I definitely don't know. No. 100% know it. Milan Barros?
0: Is correct. Milan Barros. did he go into 2005? Went well under he the radar the final there, final, didn't he, Barros? I know, because we uh, were linked with him
1: in that
2: 2005.
0: Well, I was going to mention the team he signed him from, but it's own, obvious score check. for that. goals. What? He yeah. scored 19 goals.
2: 19
0: goals. And only 68 appearances. No, I was I thought injured. he played well Mate, more than I, that. I've looked on every site to make sure that I was right, because I was surprised by that. He had loads of injuries and was like, he was slagged by Julio because Julio was saying he was, didn't work hard enough or something. Then he was slagged by Rafa because Rafa said he was selfish. He was just like a proper black sheep for can't, can't believe for it. Four it seasons. Seasons. I would
2: have lost loads of money on that that he only played sixty odd times in five I years for the because because that. Yeah. I don't and think. with when he only got nineteen goals. I was surprised by that. And then we
0: nearly bought him
1: based on them stats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He, he, <laughs> then for villa, for
0: the villa, I think he scored seventeen goals in ninety games or something. He scored like past us at the way, at the way yeah. I went mad because we were all burning to give the ears yeah. and all, that's all that
3: that's a record than Ferguson
0: <laughs> Hall of Famer that 19 is 68 for the F okay uh, Everton player then I've got no doubt whatsoever that Terry and Gary won't get anywhere near this player but we get go. this now <laughs> okay Leon Osman <laughs> he was signed by Wal- you probably get it on the first clue he was signed by Walter Smith in October 2000
1: it could be we wanted two
0: Despite being plagued by injuries during his Everton career, he made 152 appearances for Everton, scoring six goals between 2000 and 2007. Say so plagued, he was always getting old. I know, yeah, I'm like, I know it is. He gained 46 caps for Scotland between 2000 and 2009. In yes. December 2002, you will get it on this one, in December 2002 he was the victim of a blood-curdling X-rated tackle by Liverpool's Steven Gerrard he played left back and left Everton for Sheffield United in 2007 do we get to, what do we do here Just do, do you know what it is Teddy did Naismith? you get it yeah it was, we got it on the X-rated one Yeah, so it was Gary Naismith Mills he got it on the second, second clue I think
1: I and mean, well he signed with um, e. Dan Talden He signed them Dantals, both yeah. together. So yeah.
0: to that's what I, I I, I t- I the number there. I omitted the 1.7 million bit after it because I thought you'd definitely get it because there was only, a couple, I think it was three signings in that in that period of time. But I, I, When I read it, I didn't realise um, Coventry has agreed a fee for them. And we came in last minute and.
1: Wasn't that on the back of, um, we had Michael Borland, didn't we? And him and Richard Dunn, when we were laughing on the coach at Bristol or something. Yeah, yeah. And um, he, Smith tried to bomb both of them and brought Naysmith in on the back of that ball. leave leaving. Borland yeah, just yeah. didn't leave another, another
0: 18, months,
1: 18 or months or something. Yeah. Yeah. He ended up playing centre-back, didn't he? More, more well, up to not. another six months, wasn't he? He left in the oh one. yeah. All right, sounds. Um, plenty more content on the Across the Park podcast this summer for to know what it is and when. Just keep checking our socials. Um, our socials. not going to tell the Blues to play at across the, They're all playing it anyway. We're all happy. <laughs> yeah. um, check uh, At Across the Park PC on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook search, Across the Park Podcast will keep you all updated as to what and when throughout the summer. Season review next week, boys. It's going to be a big one. Is Pricey in next week judgy for me or am I yeah. subject to more of this rent yeah, of yeah, he finished he will be. rubbish that we're...
0: Yeah. <laughs> subject to today
1: I think it will be yeah. <laughs> yeah, Gary Judge and Andrew Price next week and what you said next week for you boys? Yeah. Phil Roberts Teddy McGiven have a good week boys and girls see you then